This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. We see more and more people, like you said, you you said that about all those dairies going out of business since 1992. You know, if we aren't farmers or ranchers, what are we? And I think that's the biggest thing in trying to get people to overcome this thing, this 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 crisis, is that we have to realize that our identity is not the farm. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler podcast. It is currently the end of March and the coronavirus is slowly going around. I hope everybody is staying safe. I hope you're all social distancing and, you know, not getting sick. So hope everybody stays safe. Hope you enjoy these podcasts and that they can kind of help you spend your isolation and quarantine a little bit better. So anyway, this is episode 51 and our episode or our, our guest today is Jason Meadows, a fellow podcaster and a rancher in Missouri. So he's going to talk about kind of his cow-calf operation, how he got started in farming and in ranching in Missouri. Jason will also touch base on how he got his master's in beef advocacy, and then his thoughts on the difference between grain-finished versus grass-finished beef, and how it's kind of really a personal preference. And also, he's going to talk about his podcast, Ag State of Mind, which is all about kind of addressing the mental health going on right now in the agriculture industry which you've probably heard on a couple of our episodes, industries like the dairy industry and a bunch of others are kind of going through some hard times. So mental health, depression are some huge things going on right now in agriculture. So Jason's going to talk about what he hopes to address with his podcast, Ag State of Mind. And if you want to look for it, just go on your, you know, your favorite podcast player, look up Ag State of Mind. It's a great podcast. Jason does a really good job. And also there was some interesting audio issues in this. You might notice for some reason, my questions did not record, but luckily only for a few questions. So I tried to record over the blank audio there. So if you notice it's a little bit different, that is why. So anyway, hope you enjoy episode 51 with Jason Meadows of the Ag State of Mind podcast. Be sure to check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Everybody stay safe. 
All right. Anyway, on with the episode. We're going to get started. Jason Meadows, welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. How are you doing? Hey, good, Trevor, man. Thanks for having me on. This is really cool. I've been listening to your show for a little bit now and uh, really excited that you would have me on as a guest and uh, I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. So fellow ag podcaster, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of really good, valuable ag podcasts out there, which I think you're definitely one of them. So before we dive into like what your podcast Ag State of Mind is about, tell us about like your background. I know you're from Missouri. So what exactly do you do? Tell us about your background. So actually, I do a lot of things. Um, I, like I said, I was born and raised in Crawford County, Missouri. Um, I was raised on a beef cattle operation. My dad um, had a, about a, when we were growing up, by the time I was around, it was about 600 mama cows. Um, that was smaller than it was in years past. But um, he also loaned, owned the uh, local uh, livestock market. Um, where he would sell about 2,000 to 3,000 uh, feeder cattle every week. Um, he sold that about the time I was mm, probably 10 years old. So I didn't, I wasn't super involved in that, um, but I was involved kind of in the farm um, passively, uh, just kind of did what I needed to do. Um, but then I went to, I graduated high school in 2002. Um, then I went to St. Louis College of Pharmacy and I got my doctor of pharmacy, graduated in 2008. So I am a pharmacist by trade, um, but I kept my passion for agriculture and I helped my dad through college. Um, he helped me secure a first time farmer's loan with the FSA. Um, I think my second year of college. So uh, we kind of traded labor on that deal for for tuition and for him feeding the cows in the in the winter when I was in school and me working for him on breaks and such. Um, so I graduated pharmacy school in 2008 and moved right back here to Crawford County, Missouri. I operate a cow-calf operation, about 140 head of my own right now. And um, I also work as a full-time pharmacist at a local regional hospital. So what kind of operation do you guys have? It just depends. You know, we are, like I said, we are a cow-calf operation. And I actually made a kind of a, a post on my, on my page about this today. I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, so probably in the last couple of weeks. Um, but where I try to make my cow herd as low maintenance as possible, um, we try to, so like I said, we're cow-calf operation. I calve twice a year in the fall and the springs, and I try to make sure I select bulls that are very easy calving because I don't have the time to be out there pulling calves in the middle of the night or the middle of the day when I'm at work and stuff that's very, very easy maintenance um, gets by on as little feed as possible. Um, so to my selection of genetics is very important to me in the fact that they have to be efficient and the calves have to be easy calving. So we're in Missouri. We're very fortunate in that we are in a very, we have a pretty long growing season. Um, grass starts really getting with it about the middle of April. Um, and then we have grass all the way up until January most years. Um, it quits growing around November, but then we usually stockpile fescue. Fescue is one of those great things that go, when it goes dormant, it retains its, its nutritional value. Um, so we get a lot of grazing even when it's not growing. So we're very, very fortunate in that. So we start feeding hay. We'll feed, um, we'll feed hay from usually from around the first of the year till we usually say April 15th. That's, that's usually our turnout date. 
So do you have any thoughts on the difference between grain finished and grass finished beef? So I, this is a very good question. And if something that I am, I'm not super knowledgeable as far as the actual difference, I can tell you that it is a personal selection. It's a personal preference type thing. So the texture of, of grass finished beef versus grain finished beef is quite distinct so and i have raised both and i'll tell you the the marbling that comes with a grain finished animal is 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 superior you that's where you get your 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 prime beef your choice beef is with grain finished animals now your grass finished animals are are much leaner and um they have much less uh inter uh sorry, intramuscular fat. So, you know, the marbling that is throughout the, throughout the cuts of meat. Um, so as far as the taste, I personally prefer grain finished beef. I do know folks that prefer grass finished beef. So, um, but I think the big thing on this is, is, um, a lot of folks like to make this a contentious issue and it's not a contentious issue because, at the end of the day, we're all growing beef, regardless of it, whether it's grain finished or grass finished. Um, it's all it's all beef, and we all are selling the same or a similar product. So there's so much contention in in in, in the beef industry in ag in general that there's so many people there's so many people who are attacking us from the outside. We need to spend less time arguing and kind of sell our differences and um, be. Uh, kind of disagree to disagree type thing, and I think it's worth I think it's worth mentioning that all beef is grass fed at some point, and the majority of their lives is is spent on grass. Uh, it's usually only about the last three to four months of a slaughter animal's life that they that they spend in a feedlot. Um, gotcha. That's that's across the board, and I just actually just finished my master's of beef advocacy. That's a that's a program that's put on by the uh, by the beef checkoff, and um, it kind of helps people like myself who are. Um, trying to get the word out about agriculture and try to paint it in a, in a good light or not. I mean, I don't, I don't like to say paint it in a good light cause it makes it seem like we have something to hide that we just tell the true story and have the facts behind what we're trying to do. And um, that's a big point that they like to put home there is that no matter the beef, if it's sitting on your plate, it was, it spent the vast majority of its life turned out on grass. I like that. I didn't know you're doing it. So your master's in beef advocacy, what, what would you say are like the top things that you've learned while you're in that program? Like how to better advocate for beef? Um, I think the biggest thing is to not, not get defensive about, so about, about what I have to tell the story I have to tell. And I think that's where ag in general has kind of gotten behind is that we have been playing defense for so long and not been playing offense. We've not been just putting it all out there. We haven't been very transparent. And I think the biggest thing is, like I said, is trying to, trying to, um, Sorry, I'm kind of <laughs> losing my thoughts here. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. Tr trying to get us, trying to tell it to where it's it's something that we can find common ground on people. Mm -hmm. And so many people, it's 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 really not that hard to do. But we've been so used to people attacking us that we just automatically go to the defense. And I think with this new generation coming up, millennials, 
um, they are naturally inquisitive. And that's a good thing. My wife and I were just actually talking about this today. Um, she worked, my wife is a nurse and she worked with a different nurse who's, who's fresh out of college. And she is not afraid to ask questions to no matter who it is, no matter what the doctor she's working with. And I think that's a very common trait among millennials and a very positive thing because that's how we learn is we ask these questions. And, but we are so scared of, of, of answering the questions that before the fear of being, you know, that like there's this gotcha type mentality, which to be fair is a lot of people are after that. But I think if we just tell the truth and tell our story, um, the, the truth will kind of find its way out. Yeah, I think that that transparency is super key. I mean, just showing them what goes on in the farm, both the good and the bad Mm kind of helps consumers figure it out and kind of see what's actually going on. So that's a very good point. Um, So let's talk about your podcast. So Ag State of Mind, you kind of focus on the mental health crisis going on in agriculture. And so a few Mm -hmm. years ago, I had no idea that this was a thing until I really saw kind of the impact that the dairy industry has been going on going Uh, through right now. Mm -hmm. And Kind of, I think I saw something where compared to 1992, in the U.S., there was something like 100,000 less dairies because oh, I mean gosh, they're closing yeah. down. And so, what I mean, what kind of inspired you to start Ag State of Mind to kind of address the mental health going on right now in Ag? So I think so. It, it kind of came at it. I've come at it from a couple of different angles. The first thing is ever since I graduated college, I wanted a way to combine my knowledge as a healthcare provider with my with my passion, with my work in agriculture. I mean, I, being involved in agriculture has been a an incredibly big part of my life from from birth until now. And I've really struggled to be able to try and combine those two worlds. And it was on a trip with my wife where um, we we had some pro- we had some problems back home, and we were actually at a we were at a conference in Dallas for for my wife, and uh, some things went wrong on the farm at home. And normally, I would have been um, normally I would have been straight home to to kind of help try to do what I could, I wouldn't have been able to do any good, but I still would have been, I still would have felt guilty for being removed from the farm when something bad happened. And realizing at that time when I changed, when I realized that how much good that I had done myself, and I should probably back up here and say the second angle is that I have struggled with anxiety for a, a good portion of my life. Um, and I think that's something that not many people are willing to admit, especially in agriculture. So knowing that I have my own personal history with this and knowing that there are so many people who are probably like me who struggle with this, um, that and me being able to help myself and doing the things that are helping myself being able to, to kind of get my, I wanted to get my message out. I wanted to be able to help people. I, I have a, I feel like I have a very good knack for helping people no matter what the situation is. And I have a very, um, I have a very approachable demeanor and to be able to get that message out to as many people as possible that was the that's that was one of the big whys of my podcast. Okay, gotcha. That all makes sense. I mean, what are some big what are some like common threads that you've kind of found with your with your guests? I mean, what are some of the big takeaways that you've learned? I think the the biggest issue I see 
when I when I talk about not just with guests but with people online and people who are struggling themselves and who have even come overcome issues is, you know, when you are a when you are a farmer or a rancher, your entire you haven't wrapped up your entire identity in in this occupation, in this lifestyle, in this profession. I mean, let's call it what it is. Farming is a profession. It's a specialized, you know, just as specialized as being a doctor or a lawyer. You didn't necessarily have to go to school as long, but, you know, it's just as specialized. So when people are seeing the depressed commodity prices, the trade issues, the, um, you know, seems like any more the unknowns and weather, um, we we see more and more people, like you said, you, you said that about all those dairies going out of business since 1992. You know, if we aren't farmers or ranchers, what are we? And I think that's the biggest thing in trying to get people to overcome this thing, this, this, this crisis, is that we have to realize that our identity is not the farm. Our identity is, I mean, it's part of it, but that's not the only thing that we should find value in in ourselves. We need to, and I wrote a, I wrote a blog post about this last week where we need to uh, diversify our identity and be more things than just a farmer or a rancher or, um, you know, we have to, we have to broaden out. And I think that's the biggest thing is getting outside of, of what we do and being um, being more well-rounded, I think that's the I think that's going to be one of the biggest things to get people out of this rut is 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 like I said, diversifying their identity. That makes sense. Yeah, when it comes to ag, I mean, being a farmer, being a rancher, or whatever, it's kind of a twenty-four-seven job. And when yeah. that when your operation goes under, I mean, you think that that's your livelihood going under, but that's also your hobbies and all the free time that you have is going away. Oh and so you gosh. probably identify with it. Yeah, that's a very good point. So like when, so say, say something happened and a fellow lost his job at a factory, his factory moved out of the country. He has to stop, start all over. And, you know, he goes back to school and gets a job as a, um, as a mechanic, or he goes back and gets a, a degree somewhere of some sort. And do we fault that gentleman for what happened? Of course we don't. We, he, he did what he needed to do. And there's no shame in losing, and, and, and especially in this market, in this, in this environment, there's no shame in losing the things that are going away from us because it's just sometimes it's just not possible. And we need to understand that the, the health of our family and the, the well-being of our family and of ourselves is, is more important than, than the farm than what that whatever that can bring us yeah i mean the farms can always be replaced i mean you can always find another job but i mean it's important to kind of keep your mental health and focus on it and keep yeah it healthy. and and don't get me wrong i don't want to downplay how important the farm is because it is it's 100 percent. it's the the i'm very fortunate that i'm able to raise my kids the way I was raised. And I think all kids should get the opportunity to be raised like mine are. And to get, if that would go away from me, that would be, it would be devastating. But at the same time, um, I, you know, we have to realize that there's more to life than that. And I think that's, I think that's another big part of, of the, of my why is I don't want to see people, you know, put all their, put all their chips on this and, and, kind of gamble it because um, there's so much more to life. 
No, no, I mean, totally agree with you there. What, what's some of the, like, the best advice that you kind of give your listeners on how to handle mental health? Um, and what are some best ways that they can kind of treat it or kind of get some help with it? So my number one thing for me in, in my own, and I, this is my, a lot of my advice comes from things that has helped me. And I know that my, I know I'm different than everyone else. So, you know, just as a disclaimer, I mean, I'm not a mental health professional. I am a health professional, but um, if somebody is really needs some, you know, needs some real serious help, seek out a medical, seek out a mental health professional. But the things that I have found that have helped myself is number one is I have increased my exercise regimen. Um, my wife and I have begun running. Uh, we ran a half, half marathon last year. Um, that's become a super part, a super big part of my repertoire. A part of my routine is making sure I get enough physical activity. And I was actually, I was talking with an FFA student today. He's doing a presentation. We talked about this um, before we started recording, and he's doing a his uh, LDE uh, project on on mental health in rural America. And um, I think a lot of farmers and ranchers feel like they get enough physical activity and some of them do don't get me wrong but some of a lot of farming is driving around in a tractor and um you know driving around in a combine and you know that don't get me wrong that is absolutely hard work that it absolutely takes you know will and and it's hard on your body but it's not a whole lot of physical activity so being able to being able to get out and and do some sort of physical exercise, and it can even be stuff around the farm. It can even be just going through what I like to. A big uh, thing I do is I I do strip grazing, and, that, and that's moving hot wire fence for our for some of our heifers to get fresh grass every day. Um, you know, so I mean, it can be just as simple as that. You know, going out and walking and moving this hot wire fence, just making sure you get enough physical activity is one of the number one things that can improve your mental health. And and for me, another, another few things is is journaling. Is um, and if 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 it gets to that point, going to see a counselor, and um, just all of these things have have helped me tremendously. And being able to and I think another thing and a big, a big thing to get people to, to realize is just talk to somebody, just reach out to somebody. That's, that's, I can't say, stress how important that is, is if you, if you think something funny is going on inside, reach out to someone because they will, you'll be surprised at the number of people who will, will be receiving of you and, and help you out. That's all really good advice, man. And yeah, I, I think the um, the exercise and journaling are two really key things you can do. Mm -hmm. I, I've started journaling this past year, or I really kind of started last year, but I'm trying to be more consistent with it. And it's mm -hmm. kind of fun just to have like a like a brain dump and just get all your feelings and your thoughts yeah. out. There's all these really cool guides. Like I follow some of the journaling prompts from theartofmanliness.com. It's a website mm -hmm. that I follow. And they've got a mm -hmm. lot of really good stuff that kind of makes you think. So I think that's a really good tactic. What I like about journaling um, is that you can take all this crazy things, things that you think are absolutely devastating in your head, and you can put them all down on paper and you look at, look at it and you're like, that's what I'm worried about. You know, I mean, it makes, it, it, it takes all this, this crazy things that are going on in your head and it get twisted and warped and you put them down on paper and you're able to read them out loud and it kind of 
oh, well, that's not that big of a deal. And then sometimes it is absolutely a big deal, but just getting it out on paper is, is a way of, of talking to yourself without <laughs> actually talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that makes sense. And it kind of makes it seem a lot smaller. You just write it down on a little piece of paper and you're like, uh-huh. that problem's not as big as I thought it was. Right. Yeah. I actually, it's funny you ask, we talk about this because um, my podcast a couple of weeks ago with Carrie Portell, we talked about this exact same thing is, you know, how important journaling can be to get outside of our own head. There you go. That's good. So the podcast, Ag State of Mind, tell me what are your future goals for it? What do you hope it kind of becomes in the future as you continue to do it? So lots of people have asked me if that is what I want to do, want to do full time is do I want Ag State of Mind to be my full time number one income for my family? And that the answer to that is no, I do not want that. Um, if it becomes that, that's great. But um, I don't, I don't want, I, 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 that's not a goal of mine. But a goal of mine is to get out and let me out in front of as many people as possible to tell my story and tell the lessons that I've learned from the folks that I've spoken to. And that means I want to get out to FFA kids. I want to get out to ag organizations. A big goal of mine is being a big member, being an active member of cattlemen's associations is I want to get out and get on, get on stage and talk to folk, to cattlemen's organizations. Because if anybody knows anything, some of the most stubborn people in the world are cattlemen. I mean, I am one. I was raised by one. Um, we are, there is a, there is, there's so much truth to that cowboy mentality because um, we all have it and we are all encouraged to have it. And that independence is great, but it doesn't really lend itself to outside help very much. So my big deal is two, two things is I want to get I want to get out to cattlemen's organizations. That's a that's one of my number one short-term goals. Another big goal of mine is to get out to FFA kids. And the reason that is, um, not just FFA kids, but youth kids in rural America. So whether it be FFA, 4-H, whatever, you know, whatever organization that gets me out in front of rural kids um, is to, I want them to not know that talking about mental health is not normal. I want them to, I want to catch them at ages you know, like my, my son's 14 and he, he actually does all the editing on my podcast and he, I want him to become so familiar with it that it's just a normal part of what we talk about. And I want, I want that for the same for all of the these kids. And that, that, that's, that's the goal of my podcast is to get out in front of these people, these ag people. I love ag people because they are my people. Um, my friend, I mentioned her earlier, Carrie Portell, she's a very prolific um, speaker to, to, to ag audiences in Missouri. And she'll say it too. She said, ag people are my people. I feel most comfortable around them because um, they are me and I can relate to them. And that's what I want to do. I want to be I want to be a resource for these folks to look to when they, when they, when they don't know where to turn, when they have some issues in their own lives. I want, I want to be a resource to them. There you go. That, that's awesome. I'm glad that you have that mentality towards it, kind of sharing your story and helping people realize that it's a normal conversation and they should give it some thought and not ignore it. I think that's really smart. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it sounds good on paper. Mm-hmm. It's doing it is doing it's a little trickier because <laughs> we, people have gotten, you know, they're so, um, they're so just used to not talking about it. And I want to, I want to, fa- I want to fix that. I want to change that. I want yeah. it to be normal. 
Yeah, no, totally. And yeah, like with social media, everybody wants to make it seem like everything's fine. Nobody uh-huh. has any problems. Life is perfect. And then you just bottle up all that emotion until it blows up one day. And let's talk. Can we talk? I want to talk about that for just let's, a second about social, about social media. Mm-hmm. And um, that I think that's a big part of what we as ag people and need to do is tell our story on ag, but not just the highlights. Show, show, the, show the parts that really, really suck so the parts you know i spoke today on a on a post and this is hard for me this is really hard for me um in regards to our cattle operation i talked about it's calving season and how you know it's calving it's been good so far but we've had some hiccups along the way we had a um i had a calf die um i had a i had a cow and calf die during the birthing process you know make people know that it's okay to talk about the bad stuff too. And I have a hard, just as hard a time as that as anybody, but I think to really make social media a useful tool is for, for our, for our ag producers is to, to use it as an all telling uh, tool. No, that's a good idea. And I think that's really important because it shows people that one, you guys are human and the transparency there i think is super key because it can see exactly what goes on the good and the bad i mean there's really no reason to hide the bad i mean Mm-mm. it's not like you intended for those cows to pass away i mean it's of course just, i mean yeah. it's just you know mother nature at work i mean right i think that's an important takeaway though yeah and we and no we all struggle the same because we all come that's another thing a a, a big takeaway that i've found really early on in this process is we come together when we struggle and and knowing that someone else is struggling just as similarly as you are is, is a big part in their own recovery and their own um, kind of being able to come to terms with their own health. Yeah, absolutely. You can kind of figure out that you're not alone and you, to get through it, you need to help somebody also get through it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Jason, where can people go to find you? Where can they find your podcast? What kind of social media are you active on? Where can they go to kind of see what you're up to? So, um, I am, I, so my website, I try to turn everybody to is agstateofmind.com. I write a, I try to write a weekly blog there. Um, that's where I kind of get out my personal, um, my own thoughts and my own, you know, kind of takes on not just mental health, but the ag industry and sometimes the healthcare industry, because, you know, that's just as, um, important part of my life as the ag industry. So that's where I kind of do a lot of my writing. Writing is my first passion. Writing is, is the whole reason I think I got into this podcast deal because, um, I, something I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at. Um, so it kind of, my, my love of writing kind of combined with my love of talking, if you will, kind of got me into the podcast world. Um, but as far as social media, I'm active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's everything is ag state of mind. Um, I believe, I believe Twitter and Facebook, it's ag state of mind one. I'm not sure if any, somebody else got the, got ag state of mind first on that, but I am ag state of mind, just ag state of mind on Instagram. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we will check that stuff out. Jason, this has been cool, man. Talking about the importance of discussing mental health and ag and what people can do to kind of fight through it. Um, I, your podcast is great. It's such a cool niche going on. I think it's a very important conversation and Can't wait to listen to some future episodes and what you have going on with the podcast, man. Thanks for being on. We really appreciate it. Again, 
Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Jason Meadows of the Ag State of Mind podcast. Be sure to check out the episode or be sure to check out his episode wherever. Be sure to check out his podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. There, finally got it right. Anyway, everybody stay safe during Corona. Stay indoors, social distance, use Purell, and listen to all the Farm Traveler episodes that your heart desires. See you next time.